Hi everyone. I just want to give a little shout out that Business Barn Raising is now open for the year. This time around, we are really focusing on helping people who have been interested in incorporating hippotherapy into their practice get started. And the most important things to get started really are focusing on your practice location, getting all the systems in place that you are going to need to provide services. Those are things like insurance and contracts. And finally, finding the clients that you need to run your practice. And in Business Barn Raising, we cover all of these areas, both in lesson content format as well as supported coaching calls. So if you think this is something that might be helpful to you, be sure to reach out and get signed up. We will be starting in June. Hi, I'm Gina, your host of Animals and Aquatics in OT. Today we're going to have a little bit of a discussion and the beginning of almost a mini-series on horses, occupational therapy, and mental health. Uh, usually in the springtime is when I do most of my mental health work because I'm teaching mental health and psychosocial OT practice in the college setting to the occupational therapy assistant students and usually as we get towards that January time frame I'm really doing a deep dive doing my homework doing research and reading again to get refreshed on what's new in psychosocial OT practice and really to gear up for the semester it's like a bit of a relearning every year it wouldn't be surprising maybe then to see a resurgence of this topic come up uh, around January again but in this case there's a couple of things really that are coming up around horses and mental health and I just don't want to wait until January because they're really relevant right now. So one thing is the type of clients and families that I'm working with right now, I do have clients that have more mental health diagnoses and are needing more support in that area. So it's something that I'm currently including in my practice. Two, I have an interview coming up regarding horses, mental health, and occupational therapy. So that's going to be coming up as another podcast episode. And then I'm also working on a lunch and learn webinar for the American Hippotherapy Association. If this is a topic that's interested, interesting to you, I really recommend that you go to the American Hippotherapy Association website, look for this lunch and learn webinar coming up, be sure to sign up for it, because it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun, it's going to have some great information in it. You don't need to be a member, but if you're not a member, and this is an area of specialty practice for you, I would definitely recommend that you become a member because I know that there's a member and non member pricing. So again, and this is going to be the first little blip or blurb in this kind of mini series about occupational therapy, horses, and mental health. And it's just really timely for me. So without further ado, let's jump right in because I do want to keep this episode a little bit more tightly timed here. I know all of us are busy and getting the time to listen, whether you're listening in the car, which is when I can listen the best, when I listen to podcasts or on a run or a walk, it just it can fit in a little bit. Uh, easier if it's a shorter episode. So today, taking that OT perspective when 
combining these two areas. And I think maybe the most interesting place to start with this is when people think about occupational therapy, they don't often think mental health. That's not the first thing that they think about. So we have that working in conjunction here. And then when we have horses in occupational therapy, that's also not the first thing people think of when you think OT, you don't automatically think horses. So now we have like OT in the middle. And on one side, we have mental health, which is not what everyone knows us for. And then we have horses on the other side, which is also not what everybody knows us for if they even know what occupational therapy is anyway. And so figuring out how do we communicate with our communities? How do we communicate with other professionals on what our role would be and how we might be incorporating the horses, I think is really important. So taking that OT perspective is that first step and being really confident in your own practice, your own frames of reference, your own comfort level on which populations or which diagnoses you might feel comfortable helping is really important. So first of all, when we're working with mental health or mental illness and clients where we're incorporating horses, we have a lot of opportunities really to draw on existing or established frames of reference and building treatment groups, right? That is part of our formal education as occupational therapists, right? We're educated in mental health frames of reference. We're educated in running treatment groups. So we have that as a background to draw from. Then for us, though, horses really add an experiential component to our OT sessions, and they allow us to address some areas like test completion, self-awareness, coping skills, stress management, and occupational performance in novel situations that can be presented either by the horse or horses in a group. So we could be working with just one horse or we might be able to be working with multiple horses. So one of the things that I teach when I'm teaching psychosocial practice is I teach the tiered interventions and you can find this on AOTA's website or anywhere else talking about how occupational therapy might be providing uh, mental health services. And the first level or tier of interventions are called universal interventions. And they're really aimed at promoting mental health. And we can look at these that are applied to everybody across the board. And it's promotion or a prevention type of intervention. So we're providing outreach or prevention types of groups or services. And if we wanted to look at maybe a traditional or classic example would be an occupational therapy provider working with a school to provide a bullying prevention group. Right, so it'd be applied to everybody. It's universal. Everybody can benefit from that program. Now, if we wanted to take that into the role of OT and horses, the school children could observe a herd of horses and then discuss the role of the herd leader and what those horse behaviors may look like between the horses, but then what also those behaviors might look like when they're applied to people. If you've ever been around non-horse people 
and had them watch horses and listen to the words that they say. You definitely hear things like, oh, that horse is such a bully. They're pushing the other horses around when they're maybe seeing a lead horse move other horses in the herd, things like that. It's definitely a valuable insight and something that we could use, especially with school children and having them observe those herd dynamics and talk about interpersonal communication, nonverbal body language, the way that the horses communicate versus the way kids communicate, right? There might be some parallels we could draw there. Now, the next level of interventions we call are targeted interventions. So they're meant to address groups or populations of people that are at risk of developing a mental illness. They're at risk interventions. That's why they're targeted, right? They're targeted to groups that are at risk. And so when we want to think about that, those interventions, the occupational therapy practitioner is addressing a performance skill deficit or an occupational performance area looking at improving mental health and impacting those risk factors. Okay, so to give an example here, the occupational therapy practitioner is working with four children in foster care to address issues of trust and attachment, right? So we could say that because these children are in foster care, they are at risk, right? They're at a higher risk of having some sort of mental health challenge, right? They may have had trauma in their past. They may be more likely to experience depression or anxiety. And in this case, we're looking specifically at the issues of trust and attachment. And then we can look at it from the perspective of bringing horses into our occupational therapy intervention and look at the way that the horses could provide a stable partner for developing trust and bonding. And so think about some groundwork activities that you might be able to do with this small group of children, right? It could be horse care, it could be leading exercises, it could be a a variety of different ways where we're having the children work on developing trust and having that horse be that partner with them week after week after week, right? So that would be an example of a targeted intervention. We're targeting a particular group or population of people that are at risk. And then we're looking at performance skill deficits or areas of occupational performance that we're looking to improve. Um, So with that, it's a little bit more niche, right? We can see how we went from universal, right? It was uh, applied to everybody in the class or the school to this targeted intervention. And from there, we go to intensive interventions. And so these are characterized by AOTA as interventions that are directed at clients with mental illness or a diagnosis. So it would make sense, right, that someone who has already been diagnosed with a mental health diagnosis that then we're providing an intensive intervention. We're working with a specific client or a group to address those occupational performance deficits associated with their diagnosis. Again, and it's actually, this is visually demonstrated as a triangle, Universal being at the bottom, being the broadest, 
and then are targeted in the middle and are intensive being at the top. I still think about it that way, even though you're listening to this, right? If, if you need to bring a visual forward while you're listening, then that triangle kind of works. So we're at the top, we're at the intensive interventions. And we could think about this as the occupational therapy provider is running a group for veterans with PTSD. So there's the diagnosis, right? Is that they have a diagnosis of PTSD. We're running it every week to address ADL and IADL skills. So that is the performance, occupational performance deficit that we're looking at as we're looking at addressing ADLs, IADLs. And then the horses provide opportunities for the group members to practice skills, assess their own psychological reactions to stress, develop coping skills while performing IADL skills. So we're combining and now we're layering the two things together. So when we think about intensive interventions that could be in this example, right? It's a group, but it also could be a one-on-one -on -one intervention. So with a specific client, so an eight-year-old girl who's diagnosed with anxiety, right? We could be incorporating the horse in to work on some of those performance deficits of maybe being able to multitask, be able to maintain focus, to develop coping skills, to handle the anxiety those are ways that we could incorporate the horses in. And again, we could do that through some ground-based activities where maybe the child in this case or in this example is going to set up an obstacle course and then has to work through how she's going to navigate the horse through that particular obstacle course that she's chosen to set up. Or we could be working with her again on some of those coping and processing skills uh, with the horse as well. So there's a variety of different ways we can take that occupational therapy perspective in mental health and apply it to one of these three um, intervention levels. So universal, targeted, or intensive. Hopefully those were useful examples for you today to just start to get you thinking a little bit about occupational therapy, horses, and mental health. And as I said, we're going to go into a couple of different areas with this, both in an interview format, as well as addressing some other ways that occupational therapy providers can incorporate horses into their sessions when they are addressing mental health or even working more in the wellness area um, to help our clients, to help our communities. And again, that can be in an individual session or a group session. And I think a lot of times as OTs, we're not maybe incorporating groups as much as we can, as much as we're trained to do. And I really love the option of running groups with these types of populations because I think there's so much value just from the group process itself and then when we add in a horse or horses into this setting I think you really can get a lot of value and we can stay really true uh, to our occupational therapy roots and to our own frames of reference when we're looking at running groups group development group cohesion and still have some really good outcomes with providing care in this format. So if you have ever run an occupational therapy group where you've incorporated horses, I would love to hear from you. I am also a PATH International interactive vaulting instructor. And I definitely have to say incorporating vaulting 
into this setting and this topic is maybe an episode in itself because with vaulting, you're doing a group anyway. And so I think you can really weave these things together. And there's so many social interactions and opportunities when we're doing interactive vaulting. And using that as a particular way of running our groups is another opportunity. So if that's something you'd like to hear more about, definitely reach out, send me a DM, let me know if that's something that might interest you. But I think that's going to wrap us up for today. So if this was your first time listening, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, If you could give us a rating, that would be greatly appreciated because it will help others find our podcast. And if you've been listening for a while, thank you so much for listening.